Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 10th Second Podcast. This is Keith Woodward. Thanks for joining us again for another episode. Up to this point, we've had some wonderful conversations with Dana White, Devin Marco, Coach B, and Colby Cohen of ESPN. Today, we're going to go a different route. We're going to talk about a program that has been embedded in the Quinnipiac men's ice hockey program for over 20 years. It's called the Hero's Hat. It remembers those people who lost their lives on 9-11 with a deep connection to the Quinnipiac family of Chris Mescali. To start the conversation, here's Senior Associate Athletic Director Billy Mecca. From a personal standpoint, it means a lot to me. The Mescali family uh, means a lot to me. Our golf coach, Chris was a freshman. Chris Mescali was a freshman here at Quinnipiac. Billy Schaff was our golf coach and had cancer and the Lord took him. And I had to step in and coach golf that year. And Chris was one of, one of the freshmen on the team. I had recruited, and, and there was something about Christmas Scally that we had a connection. I'm not sure why or how deep it was going to be. But then his freshman year on 9-11, his father lost his life as a fireman going into rescue all those alive and all those that had passed. Um, and it became a uh, it became a bond between Chris and myself. And his older sister, Jen, was a student at Quinnipiac. And little Katie was six years old. The idea of the hero's hat in celebration of what that meant was another genius moment for Jack McDonald, where we're going to put a game together and we're going to honor those firefighters that lost their lives in that tragedy and the relationship and the heroes that came started with UConn because one of their players had lost their sister I think we carried on that tradition with UConn for a couple years and then it became the natural the relationship the rivalry the perfect setting the full house to celebrate the heroes had and have Yale be part of that. And, you know, I look at during my stay here, and it's been well over 40 years, you want to hang on to the traditions that matter, that mean something, that are bigger than one person. And the heroes had is the best of Quinnipiac. My dad was a fireman with uh, the FDNY for about 15 years. Um, he was part of a special operations company, Rescue Five. There's uh, you know, one rescue company in each borough, and he was in Staten Island. Um, and they're specially trained in the high angle, confined space. Um, their their main job is if another firefighter goes down, they're those are the guys that are coming to get you. Um, so you know, it was just part of his personality, who he was. Um, it just you know, being in the rescue company, kind of just really portrayed. The type of person that he was, you know, to be the one to want to go in and go into really, really sticky situations. Um, you know, it's just a testament to who he was. And obviously, on the 11, there was, uh, you know, everybody went. He wasn't working that day. Um, and he went to the firehouse off duty. They all went in, 11 guys, and no one came home. Um, you know, we had hope, obviously, that. Because there were stories of guys being found, and um, I was a freshman, obviously, Quinnipiac, and you know, for some reason, 
listen, Quarter Jack was a great school and a great choice. And I, I went there because it was, I, I loved it, you know, and I was going to be part of the golf team. And, um, but for my sister and I to be together, I feel like there was another reason that drew me there. You know, she was a senior. Um, so we had each other that day. And I just remember being at school and, uh, you know, never thinking that he would be a part of it because it was kind of, you know, a little removed from Staten Island, the city. It's still 25 minute drive. You know, I'm not thinking that he, he would be able to get there in time. And, um, I was more worried about my alcohol work in the building. Um, and then as the day kind of progressed on and we started to get some worse and worse news, you know, it was, it was just, the it started to set, set in a little bit, you know, we started to make the ride home and you can, you could see disruption from the outer boroughs and it was just, uh, it was eerie. You know, I still, as time goes on, 22 years later, there's things that they'll never go away. You know, there's memories etched in your mind that will never go away. But, you know, it's things like the hero's hat, which we're going to get into a little bit more. Um, those are the good things, you know, and those are the things that, to me, help my family cope with just, you know, the never-changing missing person at the table, you know, that empty seat. Um, that never goes away, you know, but just to have things to go back to every year where you see a school like Piac who totally wrapped their arms around us after the 11. Uh, and ever since it never stopped, you know, it was just one of those things where it's like, wow, you know, 22 years later and we've all been removed from the, from the school for a while, but we still have that connection, you know, and if it's the one night a year that we get back there for a game or, you know, the couple of times that we go up there, you still feel like you're part of that school. Um, and it's just, it's just like I said, it's a true testament to what Quinnipiac is built on. It's the real building blocks of family. You know, it's definitely what drew me there. So, why don't you describe what the hero's hat is, and then why don't you describe the first time that somebody thought of the concept and talked to you and talked to your family about uh, about creating this? So, obviously, after the eleventh, there was a lot of things going on. Everybody wanted to do something. Everybody wanted to do something to remember, to help, to just you know. Nobody knew what the right thing to do was. So I was part of the golf team and, you know, I became real close with Billy Mecca. I mean, he's like family to me. And at the time, Jack McDonald was the athletic director and Jack just, they wanted to do something, you know, they wanted to do something to remember the 11, to just honor the people that were lost. And, you know, my sister and I being at the school, they, they really, you know, they, they wanted to make it for us and make Quinnipiac feel like that special place, you know, that we could feel comfortable being at. It was tough to be away from home when we first got back to school. And, uh, you know, it was things like this. And Jack came to me and he said, you know, he's like, we want to do something, but a golf tournament, a golf outing, I feel like that'll fizzle out. It's like, you know, obviously Quinnipiac's big driving sport is hockey. You know, even at the time, it was still a small program, but I felt like that was their most competitive sport. And, uh, that, you know, they were playing in the conference against UConn and one of the players on UConn had lost his sister. Matthew she Jarrett. was on one was of the Was it Matthew players. Jarrett? Is that the person's name? I think so, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, UConn was obviously on board to do something. So I remember the first few years we were at Northford in the small rank playing UConn. And, uh, you know, it was just being able to present my father's helmet to a team as a trophy. It's just, you know, it helped, it helped me cope. It helped my family cope a little bit, you know, to bring some joy out of this totally destructive, you know, life-changing day. Um, the second year we had it at 
Madison Square Garden. Uh, you know, we had about 3,500 fans in the garden and you know, we had a fire department there and it was, you know, it was a, it was a big event. We continued it on for years. And then obviously when Corner Piac changed conferences, it was like, what's going to happen with this? You know, there was a little rivalry with UConn, but it was, all right, well, now, how's Yale going to fit into this? And I think, you know, I'm not sure how it was presented to them, but obviously they accepted it, you know, um, and it's been obviously a great game every year that we go to. Um, and Corner Piac has played hard and the chokes, you know, they don't want to lose that helmet. That helmet, to see that in the locker room, I mean, my, I can only imagine what my dad is thinking just seeing, being a part of that. And, you know, I'm going back every year. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, I see these kids play now who were alive on the 11, some of them, you know, and they're only learning through stories and the way that they honor and the way that the respect that they play with and how they, you know, they're so respectful to my family. It's, it's just that to me, it says that people haven't forgotten, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a good feeling. Yeah, no, it's, um, when we talked to Rand, he said he doesn't really talk about it that much, uh, anymore because the kids talk about it and it's not because, because it's ingrained in the culture, right? It's ingrained as something that they want to win the hero's hat and that's important and it's important to them. So, you know, Rand obviously is class act. You know, for him to allow, and it's not allow, but to him, for him to let us be a part of this and be a part of, you know, this is a, it's, it's a, it's a real program. You know, this is, they have a mission and obviously winning the national championship was, is the mission every year. And, you know, for him to allow me to come into the locker room, I know how sacred a locker room is. The locker room is tight knit. That's your team. The things that go on in there, you know, it's like a firehouse, like, because there's things that go on that it's only for the team to know. And from him to invite me in, invite my family in after every Heroes Hat game and allow me to have a few words with the team, it's, you know, it, it means so much to us in every year. And, you know, speaking to the team this past year, you could just tell the team was special. You could just tell that that group of kids was, they had great leadership, um, you know, captains and just, you could just tell there was something, you know, I've been around a lot of teams and I get to see a glimpse of them every year. And they were just, uh, they were just, they were good. Yeah, man. no, they, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and, and talk a little bit about um, when when you get to present the trophy, because that's what you do at the end of the game, uh, right? If I'm not mistaken, you do that on the yeah. ice, if I've seen that, I've seen that a couple yes. times. Um, and what's that? What's that like? Because usually your sister's with you, or and I think you had your son. So every up. year, it's you know who can make it up. Yep. I always try to make it a point. You know, my sisters are traveling or that, all whatever. But we always try to make it a point to be there. Uh, um, you know, in the last couple of years, I've been able to have my son there, and you know now he he's kind he's starting to understand what's going on. You know, he's going to be he's six years old, and now he's drawn to hockey because of this. You know, and he's he. Now I have him presented. Is you know he's named after his grandfather. His name is Joey, and he's he's the legacy. You know he's going to be the one that carries on my my father's name. You know, and he was great you know, on TV. Were, he was great on TV. I saw him on TV when you guys were being <laughs> interviewed. It was a typical six year old on TV. It was awesome to watch him on he, touch he the microphone and do all that. Stuff. Loves the camera. Yeah, he's definitely. Uh, he might have an acting career in the future, <laughs> but. You know, it's nice to be able to have him 
as a part of it, you know, and for all of us to be able to go up every year. And like I said, the respect that every player has, uh, you know, to line up and shake our hands, they say thank you to us. And, you know, for us, it's really a thank you to them because it's just, it's a true honor to have this continue on. Perhaps there's no one better to describe what the hero's hat means to Quinnipiac than the captain, Zach Metza. I'll never forget my freshman year when we won the first time and they came in and Chris spoke. And uh, that to me is when I, because I heard uh, Chase Prisky, the captain at the time, saying, we are not losing the hero's hat. That's a game we will not lose. And when Chris came in and spoke after the game, uh, it was it was just so emotional. Um, and from there on, it was just, yeah, like I understand why this is such a big deal. And I, um, I like to think most of the guys, when they hear the stories and, um, you know, we get the speech at the end of the game and they can see how much it means, like, that they carry it on moving forward. I always tell these guys, and I was told my freshman year, like, we could lose every single game throughout the year, but the one game you have to win is the Heroes Hat. Like, we will not lose the Heroes Hat because of the connection to Quinnipiac. And obviously, like I said, it's just so much more than the game of hockey. Um, and luckily for me, I've never lost it. It's it's always stayed here. We've done pretty well against against Yale, and um, you know the atmosphere around the game is awesome too because it's the Yale game. The whole school gets excited. You get everyone in gold. You got the line outside the rink. Um, so it even on its own, it feels like a bigger game um, because it is. Uh, and you know, very thankful to have the success that we've had in the Heroes Hat game. Chris, talk a little bit about, um, I think you I think you start off in one career, but then have transitioned to another career, which I think for our listeners will um, be a little surprising in terms of um, what you did and what you're doing now. So I graduated Quinnipiac, worked with Morgan Stanley, did the business thing for a few years. Um, I had taken the test for the fire department because it was just, you know, for me, it was a connection to my dad. Um, it was something I always wanted to do and time came hiring got frozen. So I continued on in my career. Uh, I worked with my sister a little bit. We started a uh, small business, uh, selling leather goods and handbags out of Italy. She's in fashion. And I said, all right, I'll, I'll do the, I'll run the business side of it. Um, and then I sold medical device for a few years. So, you know, I've had, I had a successful career and, you know, to turn around and say, all right, I'm going to drop all this. And I'm going to become a fireman now. So it, but to me, it's a calling. You know, it was something that I always wanted to do and something that I obviously feel connected to my dad doing. Um, and it, I never look back. It's one of the best decisions that I ever made. Um, you know, it's just, it's a special career, you know, and you might not feel it every day that you go to work, but sometimes you get these rewards that are just, that's why I do it. Yeah, that's awesome. It's hard to, I've said this probably a hundred times, but it, it's hard to put into words the community aspect that this national championship has brought to everybody. I mean, just, you can hear it in your voice. You can hear it in people that we talk to. It's just, when you were at Quinnipiac, in, the, in your case, you know, the early 2000s, um, or before that, or even a little bit after that, it doesn't really matter. This achievement by the, the men of the hockey team you know, is just 
everyone feels a piece of it, even though, I mean, you have a deeper connection, obviously, because of the hero's hat, but they're, you know, they're the Zamboni driver who drives the Zamboni, the usher, yep. the alumni that just moved back to the Hamden area, the w- whatever. Everyone just feels a little piece of it because it's so remarkable what they accomplished. And I'm not sure, to be honest with you, if this had happened in 2013 or 2016 when they lost the national championship, maybe. But I think because the universities had been there twice and wasn't successful mm-hmm. and the way that it occurred against, as you referenced, a, a, you know, a larger program, it's really, really remarkable at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, you know, like for us, that the Heroes Hat game every year is what brings back my friends from college, my sister's friends from college. We use it as our alumni weekend. You know, we're, we're all so many different years, but that game... You know, some some years we have ten people. Some years we have twenty people. Who wants to do the, You know, who wants to tailgate? Who wants to get back to school? Now this next year is going to be. I'm going to be getting phone calls like, "How do we get in? We need to go see this game. We need to be there." You know, so well, I, I'd imagine that we're going to have a big crowd there next year. Um, you know, but but it's it's just like I said, it's a testament to that everybody feels like they're a part of it. You know, everybody feels like they're a part of that Quinnipiac family and. You know, this team should really be honored to know that they they did that for everyone. You know, they they definitely brought a ton of joy and, um, you know, just increased that connection to Quinnipiac. It's it's an honor to be asked to do this and to be considered a part of this program. Um, you know, there was the picture on Instagram. It's a national championship and my dad's helmet. And it's to me, that's just. It doesn't get better than that. You know, my family, my mom, my sisters, everybody, when we see, we saw that, it was just like, wow. Not just, you know, it's it's not just about Quinnipiac. It's about everybody that's a part of that school. It's not just about the team, I should say. It's about everybody that was a part of that school. And, uh, you know, seeing that that trophy side by side with his helmet, uh, just, you know, sent to us that no one will ever forget. You know? Chris, I think that's a great way to end it. Thank you very much for doing this today. Well, thank you so much for having me. We want to thank Chris Mascali for joining us on the 10 Second Podcast. In the next episode, we learn about Team Impact and a young man from Cheshire, Connecticut, Michael Torello. And here's Rand Pecknold to start the story. I loved Michael. It was uh, it was funny when Team Impact reached out. That was the first time we'd ever done it. And uh, I know it's a great, I know what it was, whatever. We just, we had never been approached. It was the first time I was asked. I said yes. But I really thought it was going to be good for whoever we got from Team Impact. Good for the, the child or you know the boy or the girl. We didn't know at first. Uh, and you know, probably good for their family. And I'm like, you know, it's good. We need to give back. And what I learned as we went through it, it, it was good for the Torello, for Michael and for their family, but I think it was better for us. Like my guys, it really humbled them. And like, wow, you know, like, uh, and they did a great job. Like Nick Germain used to go over there. They had a pool. He'd go swimming with Michael. He'd take guys over there all the time. Um, it really was an awesome experience. Thanks for listening to the 10th Second Podcast. Our production crew is Justin Morosky, who is our producer and audio engineer. Jillian Catalano is our social media coordinator. David DeRoche handled the audio mastering. I'm Keith Woodward, and I'm your host. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the 10th Second, and also follow the podcast account at QU Podcasts. And thanks again for joining us on this episode.